Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Sergio Ferreira from Trolling Real Deep Sport Fishing out of Bronte Harbor, Ontario, joins the show for episode number 156. Sergio discusses fishing from the Canadian shore of Lake Ontario. Bronte Harbor is just southwest of the Toronto metro area. The fishing can be challenging, but ultra rewarding. Trevor Sumption from Fishhawk Electronics is my co-host on this episode. This is the first time we've ever had you on the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast, so it's exciting. It is very exciting. I've always wanted to talk about the end of the lake that you don't hear too much about, yeah. which is the North, Sh- North Shore side. You don't hear that one too often. Well, that and just to be able to talk to some Canadians in person again now after the last <laughs> couple, you know, kidding, we, eh? we, can, we can get you here without smuggling you across the border, you know. Yeah, nobody so. needs to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> So. so Sergio, first of all, just tell us about your charter and what you've got going on. So, yeah, so I tr- I primarily fish out of Oakville, Brawny, Ontario, Canada. So a lot of the so a lot of people know about the bluffs. So I'm on the west side of that. So okay. it goes Bluffers, Port Credit. I'm at Bronte. So I'm pretty much south, straight south from St. Catharines. Okay. So no, sorry, straight north from St. Catharines. Okay. Which would be about if I wanted to boat from Bronte over to the bar, which everybody knows about the famous mm-hmm. bar. It's about 45 minutes, an hour, depending on water conditions and how fast you're boating, but it's a pretty good run. And like I said, both sides of the lake are really good fishing. It just the, depends on the time of the year, right? Like if you want to fish the spring, the south side's the time to be. 100%, that's where you want to be. As the water times change, the fish start to move east, so then that takes you over to Bluffers, Coburg. I usually say Bluffers because that's really really well-known spot on the great lakes is that that clay drop-off is just when they're there they're there there's no there's no denying it and then by mid-july august brawny's known for their stagers which is a really big fish getting ready to go up the river because we have brawny river uh, brawny creek right there Mm -hmm. and that's when you want to start running those big big paddles those meats those j plugs and that's what happens is you start getting those trophy fish and things like that on that side of the lake Mm -hmm. But in the spring, if you want to fish on the north side, where I'm from, you get a lot of, I'm going to say, a mix of good size of rainbows, really good size rainbows on that side of the lake as well. And you get lake trout are there down too, down low. So it's a great spot. Depends where you want to drive from as well, right? If you're a person that lives on that side of the lake and you want to drive too far, you can fish on the north side 100%. If you're a person that likes to travel and you really want to get into Big Kings really fast first thing in the spring, you want to go to the south side. There's no hands down about that. It's the side you want to be on. Absolutely. So we've had a couple of different people on from Bluffers, but again, this you're the first one coming in from Bronny, so good to have you here to talk about this. And um, Tell us a little bit about the structure. You talked about the drop-off there out of Bluffers and, and something that we talk about whenever we talk about that port. Uh, what's that structure like coming out of the harbor there in Bronte? Pretty much as soon as you come out of the harbor at Bronte, within, I'm going to say, honestly, you don't even have to power up. You're ready at 60, 70 feet. Like, it's pretty flat. You want to get out into the deep waters, you're probably about five-minute boat ride at 25 miles an hour. You're probably riding 130, 140 easily. Very flat over there. We don't have any drop-offs or anything like that. But there's a spot there. They call it the brawny bowl where the structure comes up really high. It's like a little bowl. And stagers like to sit around there. So it comes up and they sit on the outside of that ring. They call it the brawny bowl. 
hidden gem. Well, it's not really hidden because everybody knows about it now over the years. Like secrets slip out and fishing's yeah. really not a there, secret. There's anymore. no secret spots anymore. No, yeah, exactly. there's no secret spots. There's no secret rigs. Right. Back then, as you guys know, people wouldn't talk about, hey, how do you run meat? How do you run um, cup bait? Stuff like that. Now right. there's YouTube videos. It's right. all out there. There's, mm -hmm. Nothing's really hitting anymore. Yeah. There's no secrets to fishing anymore. And to be honest with you, when you're out there, it's all about having a good time anyways. Yeah, the derbies are on, you want to catch the biggest fish, but chances are everybody's pretty much doing the exact same thing you're doing. They're running meat, they're running flies, they're running big paddles, short leads, long leads, things like that. Like nothing really changes on that side. You say there's no secrets in fishing anymore. There's lots of information out there. In, in a case like that, I think that's really interesting that we talk about that. Um, how do you separate yourself as an angler? How do you... Um, you know, we talk about beating each other. Last night, I think we were talking about beating the other anglers. But how do you beat the fish when everybody knows how to catch them? So a lot of the things is people like to go out with their greens, the blues. And everybody loves to fish for some reason. You guys have seen it all. We've all seen it. There's a pack of boats in a certain area. Everybody loves to fish that same pack. And to be honest with you, that's the worst place to be because these fish are getting pushed You're so getting hard. Beat up, yeah. They're getting beat up. You're going to want to be on the outside of that pack. And you're going to, if they're running greens, blues, run something different. Cause it's like going to the restaurant, seeing the same food all the time. You want to see a different color, different speed, different variation, mm -hmm. different style. So you want to be different. So if they're all running blues, greens, switch over to an orange, run something black, run something different. You want to be different. And you're seeing success doing those types of things? We had a really great season last year. Like we cannot complain. A lot of the clients that went out with us, we caught quite a bit of fish, rainbows, salmon, some of them we actually almost made the top 10 of the week for the silver salmon challenge which we participate in just a couple ounces short we couldn't get into that top 10 but we did our best to get clients on the fish as best as we could yeah you said you know early in the season it's kind of a steelhead rainbow type fishery uh, then you've got those stagers coming in late what's a midsummer out of browning what's that like what are you chasing at that at that time you have a mix of all of them actually mixed bag fishing. yeah you run spoons you'll bump in the lakers steelhead you'll run into salmon so it's a bunch of mix but if you want to target the big kings if you want to run flies and the meat down low 100 percent you talked about your depths what is that bottom structure what do you have down there is it sand is it clay what do you got there? sand i wouldn't sorry not sand it's it's like clay bottom clay and mud it's a big mix on there so usually when they're staging you want to be about a foot or two off bottom because when they're getting staged, they have their pink bellies, they're rubbing against the mud. So you want to be right in that target depth. This way you want to be at like a foot away. And that's where J plugs and flies are really good if you can target them good. Okay. And short leads on meat so you can control the height of them, right? Or even weighted steel when they're staging is really, really good too. Really easy math to do. Everything like that. When do those fish actually start staging? I mean, it's, it seems like some ports now you're seeing those, you know, quote-unquote stagers earlier and earlier i mean when when do you guys start to actually look for fish that are kind of starting to get ready i'd say the end of july beginning of august the okay. temps there you start to see the bait fish pushing in you start to see all that and that's kind of a tattletale hey the water's really warm you're waiting for the rain for it to cool down from the, the creeks you start coming into your 70s 80s 90 feet of water right there and the creeks just right there there's a nice hole pretty much where all the so they can when, when it's right they can they shoot up pretty quick 100 you'll actually see them stacking up on the sonar like a cord of wood they're just stacked they're sitting waiting to go up so cool. we're visiting with captain sergio ferrera we're talking north shore lake ontario salmon fishing steelhead fishing uh sergio we what take care are you running for a boat we run actually i was running a sea fox last season a 26 foot sea fox which we did a 
pretty good sized group. We can do five guys, no problem. And this year we're actually going up into a lures tournament series, 30 footer. Okay. So we're we're changing our style, changing our boats. We can accommodate bigger groups and sure. right. You want to be out there, have a good time. Comfortable. Yep. And with having a good time on our boat, it's safety's a priority all the time. Like Fishing, catching fish is number two. Number one is always a safe time. Sure. You want to go back to land the way you came right. on top of the water, right? For a group of guys, I'll usually run six to eight rods. It's really comfortable. I don't have to worry about things tangling because everything's pretty spread out. And I'll always put out, I'm going to say, is my meats. My meats followed by spoons, followed by flies, spoons of pie to get those rainbows and things like that. And that's what we start doing. We have our, we have our spots that we're used to. We know where the fish are because I, even before charters, I'm always watching the winds, right? As you know, the winds, top current, bottom current are different. So we're always watching where the winds go. Winds have your temps. Your temps have the fish that you want. And that's when it comes down to using the fish hawk a lot is we're staying on top of fish because we, we know where the patterns are happening just by watching the weather and having a fish hawk all at the same time. So you're pretty much running a mixed spread all year. I mean, so you've got meat and spoons just all because year. you've got a multi-species fishery and you're trying to get, you're trying to, 100%. you know, capitalize on, on, on all those species at the same time. 100%. So we don't just stick to one program. Not just running a straight meat program. You're no. running, you're running spoons. Spoons stay in the spread all year as opposed to some ports, you know, they might fish spoons in the spring and then they go away for 60 days or something yeah. like that. No, no, we always run a whole mix. You want to increase your chances of fishing, catching sure. fish. You want to be able to target a wider variety instead of just one set of species. Right. So that's how we do it. You going to make it over there, Chris? Like, you know, if I'm not hitting the cough drops all the time, I'm struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got your back, man. I'm a warrior. Yeah. We're going to keep going. Uh, tell me about the electronics you get on board and how you're kind of using them as a system more fishable so we have we run a lot of simrad with the airmar tm 165 and i have one sonar i have strictly just c map so i can see bottom composition hard soft as you know the new c maps mm -hmm. it's color coded works really great that's cool and then we have our airmar 165 tm set up with the 200 kilohertz cone because we find that has a better return mm -hmm. i'm not too worried on what's the outside of my boat i want to know what's behind you want to see that resolution yeah i want to yeah. see everything that's happening behind the boat and then i'll usually put it within a foot or two range and for example morning i'm going to use shorter leads because as you know salmon are a lot more aggressive in the morning mm -hmm. so you want to use shorter leads get them to come in get them fighting get them going and then as the sun goes out we start to go deeper but as a, that being said there's a fine line of going deeper with a long lead and a short lead. So when you're getting past that 85 to 80 to 100 foot mark, you don't want to have 40, 60 foot lead because your your meat, your ball is going to be down there, but your you're just, you're talking the lead from the ball, the stretch from the ball is what you're yes, talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So if, for example, you're down 120 feet. If you're having a 40, 50 foot lead, your cannonball is going to be down yeah. there, but your meat rig or fly and paddle are going to be way up there. Tangletown. Exactly. Exactly. Tangletown. You're going to. Yeah. I'm not getting. You're going to see streakers and stuff. But you're not able to produce results because. Yeah, the ball's there, but you don't have your rigs there, your, infra your stuff you want there, ready to go. All right, we got a question here from Nick Cook, and Nick has asked a few captains this question. I think he wants to know kind of how active you are on the boat. He says, on slow days, how often do you change out the gear? So, great question. We hear that quite a bit. So, what I like to do is, we all have that go-to rig, right? Everybody has their favorite spoon, their favorite fly, their favorite flasher. So, I always put that out. Right away, for example, GRC, I'm going to use a blue-green squid rig on the Dreamweaver Glow glow, uh, glow Frog Spin Doctor. Like, that's 100% our go-to first thing in the morning. Um, shorter leads. 
the fish aren't biting. I don't set everything up the same all the time. I have that one set of go-to, which is usually those two flies and the meat rig. If I start seeing streakers, before I even touch anything, I'm going to speed it up. I'm like, do these, these guys want faster speeds today? They want a different style of roll. That doesn't work. I'll slow down. I'll go the opposite way. I'm like, okay, that doesn't work. Once again, I'm still leaving the rods in the water because as soon as I start taking rods out, it's a whole different ballgame there. That doesn't work. We go over to, I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's try something different today. Let's go really long lead. That doesn't work. Then I start try changing colors that I used the season before at the end of the season that was working. So I go back. So I start to do a restart. So, you, so you're playing with speed and lead before you're playing with color. 100%. Which I think that's kind of interesting. And right. that, I think it's yeah. super interesting. That's something because we, it's efficient. We talked to Lance uh, on Thursday, Lance Valentine, and that's pretty much exactly what he preaches. But I think, you know, to, to your point, you know, Nick's question is a question that he's been asking a lot of captains. It's a question that a lot of your customers, I'm sure, ask you when they call you before they book you. Yeah. It's like, well, how often do you change the gear? And, you know, Lance will sit here and tell you, well, that's like the seventh or eighth thing that you should be doing. What you're talking about is really what you should be doing right away is trying to find what the fish want to speed. Because Lance is saying, if you don't have that speed right, you don't have, you know, you're not doing the presentation right. What you have tied on to the end doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter. So it's super interesting. It's a great point uh, in the way that you're doing it. I think if you look at the things that Lance Valentine's teaching and you talk to a lot of captains, that's really what you should be doing first. Yeah, the first thing comes down to speed. If it's catching fish yesterday, chances are it's going to catch fish today. The only thing is the current change, temperature change. All that has various factors in there, and that's where you want to find out. You want to let the fish tell you what they want that day. That's what you want to yeah, do. Don't, right. don't fish memories. Right. <laughs> yeah, fish, fish what's going on today, exactly. not, not what, what you fished yesterday. And to yeah. Trevor's point, too, you know, it's a lot more efficient to mess with that speed than to yeah, I don't re rig have to, 10 rods. Yeah, I'm not, pulling, I'm not pulling my lines out of the water to, no. to re-rig. I'm just, it's like, well, let's try this first. And then yep. if you have to do that, you have to do that. But... That's yeah. usually our very last resort. When you have to start pulling rods, that gets messy. You start to lose track of weight. What did I have there before? Did I already run this? Because it's all these rods, you really have a hard time tracking what you had, where you had it, how deep you had it. So speeds is the first thing you want to play with right away. Speeds and leads. Yeah. That's speeds exactly. and leads. Speeds I can remember that. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Speeds and leads. Well, you, you brought up flies, and I see the, the shirt you got. It says GRC trolling flies. The booth is right across the, the hall from us here. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, first, just tell us about your partnership with that. With that so I, uh, Pat pretty much started out really good. Like he started off in a semi truck there as a hobby and he grew to where you see it today. He makes a really great product. Honestly, I've been running um, his flies and meat. That's actually pretty much all I run on my boat is all GRC because even after beating, taking a beating, catching fish, his product still stands. Like this. Strands are not rigs. His squid rigs aren't drying and cracking, which we've all seen in the past. Squid rigs do do that. Um, and then he's got exclusive uh, license for e chip now, and that's a really big game changer, especially on flies with that electric uh, electric current coming out of that e chip. That is a great game changer, really good game changer. He talks a little bit more about the, the different products and and what you find if you're going to go to their website grctrollingflies.com. Yeah, they got they have uh, all, all the they have a tournament series. They have a live series they have a glow series they have um regular meat rigs they have squid rigs they got it all there um if you guys are interested in what i like to run he actually has a pro pack set up for his uh pro staff of our go-to so if you open my pro pack you're going to see the blue green squid rig 
you're going to see the logos. Pretty much all my go-tos are there. So a lot of people sometimes ask, hey, what do you run? And I say, well, you can go direct them there. And the pro pack's there, and he actually sure. throws a really good deal. So you get three meat rigs and three flies to start off through his combo packages. And it's, it's great. Great way to get started. Yeah. Very great way. All right, we got a question here from Jim. And again, Jim, uh, very active on the show. I think he's probably watched every segment. He wants to know if you ever pop riggers to get a reaction. But. So I watch the fish finder. If I see streakers, I won't actually pop the rigger. But if you have Scotties, you know they pivot. Yeah, so oh, you pick the boom. I, love to, I like to pick there's the boom up. A, there's a pro tip. I like, I like, a pro tip. I like to grab that boom and shake it. And a lot of the times, I'm going to say it. shake it like a Polaroid? Yeah, I just <laughs> I just yank on it. I'll hold it there. I'll put it back down, and I'll yank it right back. we got to go slow so you don't pop the ground. Yeah, I've yeah, done that right, So we're right. not going to shake it like a Polaroid. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to pull it. I, that's a pro tip. I know that. I mean, yeah, I, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can see that working. Right? So yeah. you, you change the action speed, everything right there on one stop just by pulling up that boom. Yeah. And I'm going to say out of 10 times when I do that, I'm going to say five times a fish will hit as you're pulling it up because now they're chasing they're it. They're accelerating they're, away. They're accelerating right at it. As soon as you start getting to that pivot point, watch that rock because it's going to pop right away. Mm -hmm. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I actually seen that um, an older captain that comes out of report. Uh, Jay Wilson from Tamo Charters, he actually taught me about that. So it's really cool. Like, if the, where are you guys from? Like, everybody's different from their ports. But out of Brawny, like, we have a close group of guys. For example, me and Matt Bowman, Jay Wilson from Tamo, and Matt from Real Knockoffs. We work as a team because at the end of the day, we're all there to make the clients have a good time and catch fish. We're not really competing with each other. It's not a tournament like that. Yeah. We're out there to have fun and create memories because that's what fishing really is all about. Because at the end of the day, you walk away with memories, and that's really all you got to take from it. Memories, you learn things on the water, you have a great time with family. You're not going to talk about so-and-so. You're going to talk about how many fish you caught, what happened on the boat, what we were doing. That's what it all comes down to, right? Yeah, Bob Sonnen was just on the show basically saying the same thing. He's like, I want people to go home and say, I had a great time. And in his case, it'd be an oak orchard. In your case, it'd be Bronny. So he wants people to go back to their hometown and go, this is where you should go if 100%. you want to go fishing. 100%. Uh, working together and kind of marketing together is going to be a really good thing for all of you guys. Because you get along and people are like, oh, wow, they're not butting heads. And yeah. people don't want to be in a negative environment like that. Nobody wants to be part of it, right? So yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, you seem I'm just kind of watching you here today and, and how you've been interacting with people. Uh, what's it like being on the boat with you during the day out there doing some fishing? I'm pretty much the same way as you see me here at the booth. I like to talk, chat. People have questions. I encourage you to ask questions because we all started, rather you take it or not, we all started as bass fishermen. That's how everybody started. <laughs> it's, it's true. We're, we're all reformed bass fishermen. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we all started. So I go out. I tell them what I'm going to do. A lot of clients are like, hey, why are you using that paddle? I'll tell them this is our morning rig. This is the way it works and things like that. Um, they'll talk about gear and I'll talk about weather systems. And a lot of the times, believe it or not, they'll see the fish hawk screen. And they'll see the probe and they're like, is that an underwater camera? That's probably one of our number one questions. Like, I'm like, what no, is no, that thing? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure you guys hear that a lot too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's actually your speed and temperature probe. That helps us dial in the fish. So your sonar up top says you're doing 2.4, 2.8. But at the bottom, your meat rig could be spinning at 1.5. And unfortunately, you're not going to catch fish that day. You're going to have streakers, people running away, like the fish running away from it. It's going to be a horrible day on the water. I just tell people it's just like a spy balloon, but it's underwater it up in the air oh don't shoot, don't shoot it down yeah. so that was a good that was a bad time to go for a hot air balloon right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah i didn't think of that 
Sergio, I know uh, this probably isn't the only partnership you have. Is there anybody else that you want to talk about before we let yeah, you? Yeah, I work with our Torpedo. So we use a lot of their swivels. They're really good, easy to handle. Um, there's Weight, seven. Weighted steel seems to be coming on strong. Oh, like weighted steel. Every, every port, yeah, yeah. You run weighted steel down the shoe, it's great. It doesn't kink. Um, 100 feet out, 20 feet down. It's really easy math, right? And it works yeah. good. You have that fluctuation because it acts like a whip, so it's in and out of different depths, which then helps trigger bites. Right. All, all, all of our wire divers are torpedo 19 strand because it's been proven time after time that it stays strong, doesn't fall apart. So we use a lot of torpedo stuff as well. It's one of our big things. Um, I work closely with Powell Castings from Canada. They make their cannonballs, and I use their Titan series, so we use the 18-pound mm. balls. So when we're fishing deep, we want to make sure our blowback is completely minimized, especially down deep waters. Right. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, you got to get down there. You need, need some heavy weight. 100%, because the last thing you want is you want to be, because we've actually caught fish 230 feet down, and down there is a whole different ball game. So that's when you want to use a short lead, really heavy ball and you want to stay nice and close because stay vertical. 100 percent people want to get a hold of you uh maybe ask some questions or maybe even book a charter what's the best way for them to reach you? uh if you guys go to our website at trollingrealdeepsportfishing.com uh, we have a contact form there my phone number's there if you find us on facebook at trolling real deep sport fishing uh usually you can hit your send a message or message me on there and i have no problems answering i pretty much answer questions you find us on Instagram. You can find us doing daily updates on TikTok and Instagram of how that trip went. Our first the- TikTok happened. There you go. <laughs> actually, it's Look funny. At him. He doesn't have gray hair. I know. He actually had. He actually has hair. So that's even, that's he has even, hair it's not gray. Yeah. My kids aren't that old yet. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll get there. Yeah. Well, I'll God willing, you'll get there. there. Yeah. So very good, Sergio. Really appreciate you coming pre- on, man. Taking pre- some time out to come talk. No this is fun, fun yeah. meeting you, and fun having you on the show. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.